We've drank some interesting beers. We've drank some pinky out beers, right? We've drank. Yep. This is this is different than all those other beers combined. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, a beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm excited for this beer. Are you? Yes. Why are you excited for this one, Dolan? Well, anything mango flavored, I am all for. Uh, so this one comes courtesy of my friend, uh, Matt Rambo, business owner in Estes Park, Colorado, owns uh, Rambo's Longhorn Liquors. Uh, I, when I go there, I've, I've become friends with this guy because he is a craft beer guy and him and his wife run, uh, I, I think, probably one of the larger uh, beer liquor stores in in Estes Park and uh, he always has something for me and he always wants to know like how long are you going to be here are you going to be here on Wednesday because the truck comes on Wednesday and I got this coming in or whatever he's always got something and like he is a super smart businessman and he told me about this one he says you like triple IPAs I'm like well look I'll drink anything he's like okay yeah. I, I got one coming for you you come in on Wednesday so the Wednesday like before we left I had to make a stop and he gave me a four pack of Omnipolo white creamy, uh, I'm sorry, ice creamy white chocolate mango triple IPA. That's a mouthful. <sighs> That's a lot. Yeah. Let's smell it. And it's a big boy can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It smells creamy and sweet. Mm hmm. Oh, wait. Looks like looks like orange juice coming straight out of the can. So I am a huge orange creamsicle fan. Yeah. I love orange vanilla ice cream. I love orange creamsicles with the with the vanilla in the middle. And I'm kind of expecting this to taste like it, but mango instead of orange. Mm. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and try it. I would say moderately interchangeable, right? I mean so triple IPA brewed with Cocoa nibs, white chocolate, mango, and lactose sugar. There's a lot going on. Is there? Yeah. Mm. Well, up front is citrus, big time. Mm -hmm. And then it finishes like almost bitter chocolate. Just like pow, hits you right there. Mm -hmm. Like creamy yep. chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it finishes like, like, the, uh, the, like the white almond bark that you would get like at oh, Christmas. Yeah. Off yeah. of the pretzels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the pretzel. Yeah, the almond bark pretzel. Hmm. So, like you said, this is an imperial, like triple, I guess, IPA, 10%. The artwork, I, I found this online, is by Tobias Lund. So, the one of the, and you can get into this if you have this information, but one of the co-owners of the company is like a visual artist. Hmm. So, their artist uh, and their labels can designs or merch all very cool very different so you kind of know it's them 
Um, this is brought to the United States by 12% Imports in Brooklyn, New York. Brewed or made in Stockholm, Sweden. Hmm. And we've only had a couple of beers, like overseas beers. I think we may be pushing 10 yeah. beers brewed overseas. And that includes all of our, like the, the ones we've done for Oktoberfest and stuff. I wanted to know about white chocolate because that's kind of the first thing that grabbed my attention and I don't know anything about it other than I like it. Hmm. So white chocolate is made with cocoa butter, like it has to have that, milk solids, and sugar. That's, those are the three things it has to have. Um, there are no cocoa solids, like the actual meat or nut of the, of the nut or the plant because that's what gives chocolate its bitterness and its color, right? So there's no chocolate in it? Well, there's no cocoa solid. There's cocoa butter. Okay. So when you, okay. when you take them apart, basically you deconstruct it, if you will, you get half of it. You take all the cocoa butter, and that's for your white chocolate. Gotcha. You don't take the meat and the pulp and the actual nut part, which is where you get the color and the flavor of chocolate chocolates, right? Makes, makes sense. So it's, white chocolate is almost a byproduct of making chocolate. Because what they don't use, they keep to the side, and they use it for white chocolate. Yeah. Um, Nestle, know that company, right? Oh, yeah. They're the first to develop white chocolate. They're the first that really gets after it. And that's in 1936 in Switzerland. So not a far plane ride, train ride from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, they are like the fathers of white chocolate. And it was a way to use up milk powder. So you've seen that before, right? Yeah. Um, they had a whole bunch of it left over from World War I. And they're like, well, how do we get rid of this stuff? <laughs> oh, we could use it and make white chocolate. And that's what they did. So they did it that way forever. Uh, it's still kind of used that way. That's one of the things you can use it for. Um, the other thing that they do is now there's a whole like market for – I always like to use this word artisanal or craft, but there's a lot of like mom and pop places that make candy and chocolates and they're really working on white chocolate because they can use it to pair with other flavors. Hmm. It doesn't, a lot of times you'll see, um, one of my things my wife really likes is dark chocolate with raspberries. Like hmm. you can buy those bars and stuff, right? Um, a lot of these places, these little candy places or chocolatiers are using white chocolate to feature these other flavor combinations. So what I did was wrote down some of the most popular ones or some of the more foodie ones, if you will, because this beer I thought was kind of a foodie beer. And then I'll read them to you. You guys hit me at the end if, if there's one that sounds great to you or not. But Thai curry shrimp, that's made in Taiwan at the Fuwan Chocolate Factory. Then you can get a white chocolate bar that's sea salt and rosemary at Seattle's Forte. Okay. Uh, chili and lime is yep. in Toronto's Soma Chocolate Maker. They, they're focused on that. In Alberta, Canada, at the Violet Chocolate Company, they have turmeric and pomegranate. Mm. Massachusetts, there's a place called Summerhill Chocolates. They have a white chocolate bar that is infused with mosaic hops. So they're cool. taking the oils and a hop, the flour, and they're putting in the chocolate. Now, next door to this company is a brewery. And the head chocolate guy was like, every time they would do the mash ton and you'd smell those hops come through, he was like, I wanted to do something 
like that. And he said, they use our nibs in as chocolate stout. So we wanted to use something from them to put in our stuff. So it's the only one that I could find that was a white chocolate bar with mosaic hops infused. It smells like hops and it kind of tastes that way, but it is still a white chocolate bar. And then this one I found in Germany at Georgia Ramon. They had two that sounded, yeah, super foodie. Organic kale and mustard. And that's a no for me. And then <laughs> salted Sicilian almonds and broccoli. So these wow. are candy bars, if you will, right? If you want to call them that. No. And buy a bar. And they were, for the most part, they had on this website I was reading about in the story, they were like 8 to $10, I guess, for a bar, like a decent-sized bar. You think of like, let's say, a Hershey's chocolate bar size. Yeah. Um, they're like about 9 bucks for that at these sort of places. But they're coming up with crazy food flavors and, and concoctions that Willy Wonka couldn't even dream of. I, I believe it. I, if you haven't watched it already, hop on Netflix and watch down to earth. It's Zach Efron. And, oh yeah. And, and somebody else. And maybe I brought it up before, but in one of the episodes, they go to a chocolate chocolate place, chocolate making place. And they have the most bizarre ingredients that you can put in a chocolate bar. Sure. And I mean, people love it. So. I mean, chocolate is, is another thing that's like beer. It's like wine or cigars, I guess, probably you could say, mm-hmm. where if you really get into it, you can nerd out, you can taste the differences, you can, you know, you can swap stories and what are your favorite combinations? Like, it's just another crafty rabbit hole to go down and, and get addicted to, I guess is the best way I would say. Broccoli. Yeah. Broccoli. Mm, yeah. No. I love yeah. broccoli. Okay. I'm- if you think about it, if you think about it, when you have stir fries and you have broccoli in it, a lot of a lot of the, the sugary sauces go in. Mm-hmm. And if you think about like Mexican cuisine, they use chocolate in a lot. Chocolate yeah, mole and sauce and stuff. Mole and, and everything. So I could I could see it going it's together. Sweet and savory. You know, mm-hmm. sweet and salty, like those sort yeah. of combinations. Those have been around forever. And, and this yeah. is just another way to, to do that and also to show off your skills, right? Right. That's and one of the I things think, that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think if chocolate and chicken can go together, then, then chocolate and broccoli probably can go together. I think you're making – you're reaching there, but I, I get it. I, <laughs> I want it to be like one of those Hershey's white like cookies and cream bars – but with just a little broccoli florets in it so I can have broccoli in my teeth. <laughs> hey, any way to get broccoli down, right? That's right. That's probably the best way. Oh, man. Yeah, I, here, I, I add chocolate to my chili, quite honestly. And, that's, and oh, yeah. it, it gives it nice depth. So I see where you're coming from. Uh, just making the leap to broccoli is tough for me. So are you a white chocolate fan? I, generally, yes. Yeah? Yeah. White chocolate's one of those things where I love it, but I can't eat it as much as, like, I can eat dark chocolate and milk chocolate in maybe bigger quantities. Yeah. It tastes sweeter, even though usually there's no sugar added. Like, that's one of the things about it. It's almost like a Pilsner because there's certain, there's very few ingredients. It's supposed to be very clean. It's hard to make it. uh, But when you make it good and you can taste it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be the parallel I would I would make for for those are in the beer world. The 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 word that comes to mind when I think of white chocolate is decadence. 
right? Yeah. That's you're you're getting that. Like you're right. I can I can eat dark chocolate. I can eat milk chocolate. All that, but white chocolate. There's a decadence to it. They're like, okay, I'll have one or two, and it's like a nice treat. It's a yeah. yeah. I think it's just that for me, it's really creamy, mm-hmm. and that's probably why it pairs with this beer and why it's ice creamy, white chocolate, mango, triple IPA, whatever the heck it says on the can, but like it's dessert, you know, it's like a special treat. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I don't know. It's just, it's not something I have often, but I do enjoy it. Right. And you get it right at the end of this beer. I, I, for me, at least I oh, get yeah. that white chocolate, creamy finish for sure. Yeah. If you are a fan of, of say East coast style, like the hazy IPAs. This is right up your alley. It's like their version of a milkshake IPA. You know what I mean? Like without saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, milkshake, that's great. How about just straight up ice cream? Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll try that too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe without the, maybe, yeah, without the kind of the, the pulpy, orangey kind of that you would n- normally think like with an East Coast style. You're right. I mean, it, it is East Coast style kind of, kind of, lactose infused mm-hmm. sure. yeah it's exactly what you're looking for mm-hmm. so this from what i know about this brewery is that they're kind of just all over the place right i've had a few of their beers before mostly stouts they have one they have it's like a pecan mud cake stout i think it's called it's like 11 or 12 percent um it is like 12, yeah, probably about 11 or 12%. It pours out almost a solid. Like it's one of those kind of stouts. Yep. And it's super good. And on the, on the label, it's just a smiley face with the tongue sticking out. That's kind of their logo. <laughs> and if you ever see that on a can, then you'll know it's from Omnipolo. But what do you, what do you know about them as far as an entity? It, you know, they're interesting because this is, this is, like I said before, this is one of the few breweries from overseas that we've done. They're from Sweden. Omnipolo is, is, they're a gypsy brewer. So they're not actually brewing at this location, but this is the, their actual location is, I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter this. And that's mm-hmm. what's fun about it. Right. Monk bro, Monk bro gotten, Monk bro gotten. Okay. okay. Monk bro, M U N K B R O Monk bro gotten to one, 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 two, seven Stockholm, Sweden. So that's their actual location. Now, they're a gypsy brewer. So they have, they go, these two guys, brewer Henik Fentai, F-E-N-T-I-E. That is a Swedish name, man. I slaughtered that name so badly. Henik, Henik, that's a pretty cool first name. Yeah. And then artist, right? So the artist, like you referenced him earlier, Carl Grandin. Uh, They started Omnipolo. And... It, uh, clearly I'm Americanizing this. It's omnipoyo. So like, like yeah, chicken, like chicken, like, yeah. like chicken, pollo, omnipoyo, uh, started this in 2010. Uh, and it is, it's distributed here in the United States by 12% imports out of Brooklyn. So that's how we get it. Their list of where they distribute is impressive. Yeah. It's for a gypsy yeah. brewer. I'm going to go through this list because I, and I typed this out and I think this is, this is important because one, no location Two, they're just going around brewing in different locations and no tap room or anything. Right. Right. And this is their distribution list. So I'm not even going to get to the United States. 
here for a bit. Here's their distribution. Aust Australia, Belarus, Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Chile, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, England, Estonia, Finland, France, Bavaria, Germany, Greece, Hong Kong, Hungary, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Russia, Slovakia, Slovenia, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Ukraine, and in the United States, Alabama. Come on, California, Alabama? Alabama? Are you kidding? We don't get it here in Nebraska. You don't see Nebraska on this list, but Alabama gets it. Alabama, California, Colorado, which is how I got it. Uh, Connecticut, Delaware, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, New Hampshire, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Washington State. Dang. Ridiculous. Yeah. For I know I've had to drive. I've either gotten them in Iowa or Missouri. That's where, that's where I've found these beers before. If you go in, on their website and you look at their merchandise section, mm -hmm. it, it reads like almost like Supreme. You know about that? Yeah. The owner or whatever, Rich, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it looks like a clothing line. It looks like a fashion label. Like they're making stuff that kids want to wear. Uh, I'm probably not going to fit into some of the stuff that's on the website, but it looks pretty cool. They, they obviously have like a European feel. Uh, and the, this beer, I don't know, I just poured the last of it in mine. Mm -hmm. And it was very pulpy at the bottom. I should have like rolled it or shook it before I opened the can. There's, there's almost kind of a weird next level that comes out of this. So if, if you pour really hard, it cascades like a Guinness almost. Yeah, that's that lactose. This is like we've drank some, we've drank some interesting beers. We've drank some pinky out beers, right? We've drank yep. – this is, this is different than all those other beers combined, I think, in it's, a lot of those ways. There's a lot of – I will say that this one ranks up in all the beers that we've done. This one ranks up in the amount of layers that happens in, in, in your mouth. Like mm -hmm. you get the citrus up front, and then it, it kind of creams out, and then you're getting kind of the, the – Get that vanilla. The vanilla, the, yeah. white, the white chocolate part of it. Um, and then I would say at the end, it's kind of like when you drink orange juice and you, you get that leftover uh, bitterness um, from, mm -hmm. from yes, maybe, it's you know, a triple IPA. There's going to be some of that there, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And so it, it's like, like a chef's beer. Yeah. There's a lot of layers and a lot of things going on. Um, I almost don't like to swallow it right away <laughs> just keep it in there and yeah roll it on your tongue and see what happens yeah, yeah. you just kind of get like those different elements and then and then when you swallow the aftertaste is is kind of a sweet it's it's a yeah. sweeter, sweeter finish I super would. good mm -hmm. this is this is how i know that like let, my friend matt rambo is a beer guy when he would when he would say okay I understand enough about you to know that you need to drink this beer right here. Right. It's just, he was right. He was totally right. Dolan mentioned it earlier and his love of mangoes. Right. And I thought, okay, well I've, I've got some, 
information on the brewery. I have some other stuff, white chocolate information. Am I going to go mango? And I said, no, I'm not going to go mango. I'm not going to do that. That's too, that's too obvious. But I am going to go mango, but not the fruit. Mm. If you know me, you know I like to laugh. I like comedy. That's where I'm at, right? Yeah. Mango. We are going to mango. <laughs> the character on Saturday Night Live. Oh, he was the best. Created by, well, helpful, from Chris Kattan. Oh, my God. Can it really be the legendary? Mango? Yes, it's me, the mango. This is what I was watching in the (laughs) 90s, the late 90s. I was not watching wrestling. I was watching SNL. So from 97 to 2002, this character showed up 16 times. That's a lot. Um, He was an exotic dancer. (laughs) In tight lame shorts, so very sparkly. Think of like basically glittery. Um, he was usually wearing a tube top and a beret. Mm-hmm. Spoke with a Hispanic accent, but he was born on Mango Island, so you didn't really know where he was. He was from, right? Oh, look, Dolan's got it. That's very much like Mango. Mm. Dolan knows what's going on. <laughs> we just need to get you a beret. Yeah. Um, Basically, the premise of the sketch was always the same, right? He is in the green room either before he's gone on or after he's danced, and the host of the show would show up, bang on the door, in love with this person. Usually it was a guy. Um, not always, but usually that's how the, the sketch would start. Um, they made it clear neither of them were homosexual. It was just his sexual appeal was so strong. Mm-hmm. animalistic that it would transcend all those things right it was they said his love was magical pure <laughs> powerful and located in his butt which is why he <laughs> always had to slap his ass in the in the skits um one of the women that he was in love with one time or she was in love with him was ellen Okay. One of the skits that they did showed his high school sweetheart. So like when he was in high school, his high school girlfriend was Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. He was married with kids like in the, in the, what do you call it? Uh, oh, not the legend, but the, they Wait. say like when something happens, it's. It's canon. Canon. So in the canon, he's married with kids. And oh. one time they showed his wife and it was Molly Shannon. Mo- wait, wait, wait. Mango had. Was married and had kids? Yeah, he lived in the suburbs. And he was stripping or exotic dancing to support his family. No. Yeah, that was, that was why he was there. <laughs> and um, it was Molly Shannon. That was his wife. <laughs> Only one time did he ever admit to having a crush on somebody. And it was the episode where Garth Brooks was the host. And he was telling Garth. Garth Brooks came backstage after the dance. He had flowers. And he's like, Mango, I've got to be with you. I love you. Please come with me. And he's like, no, I only have room in my heart for Chris Gaines. This is that time when the Chris Gaines <laughs> album came out. And Garth Brooks has to basically tell him, hey, guess what, Mango? That's me. It was a character I was playing, and he is heartbroken. Mango is so upset, kicks Garth out of the, out of the room. And, uh, yeah, so that's the only time he ever really pronounced that he had a crush on anybody. 
when you saw the skit, there was one song that they always played. And I miss you. And it was called Missing. And it was by the band Everybody, Everything But The Girl. It's like the desert miss the rain and I miss you, that song, um, which became a kind of a hit again. It had been out before that. Then it, because of that skit, kind of like the Roxbury's, the song that they had for that one, like those things were in the pop culture and, and became kind of hits again. Mm-hmm. He had a few catchphrases. Uh, one of them was, no, go away. I hate you. <laughs> The other was, you can't have the mango. And then he would slap his butt. <laughs> and then he would do this thing where he would like, they would say, oh, I love you. Please come with me, you know, whatever. And he would say, no, you know, can you lasso a star? Can you hold a, a rainbow? Can you catch all the raindrops in the world? No. Can you ask a beautiful flower? Hey, beautiful flower, can I be you for a second? What? You can't answer me? You're a flower? Oh, well, then I'm sorry I bothered you. Can you solve the mysteries of a shooting star? Well, only if you're an astronomer. But in this case, no! Such is Mango. And such is Mango. And that was how like the skits would end. And then he would kick him out. And then he would be kind of depressed. He would be like, oh, all these problems. Why, why do I have to be Mango? Why am I so sexy? That sort of stuff. <laughs> Some of the other skits that they did, uh, David Spade one time played a rival exotic dancer and his name was kiwi (laughs) and then i remember this one uh one time his dad showed up mango's dad and it was danny devito and he played the character guava (laughs) so so we had yeah so that was you know it was dumb and stupid but very funny and uh very much early 2000s late 90s humor and when i yeah when i saw mango i thought oh we're gonna we're going to get into that. So maybe it was a year ago or so, Chris Kattan put out a book, like a autobiography. And it, one of the parts of it that he talked about was how he created some of his characters. And Mango was based on, at the time, his Russian girlfriend. So they would get into an argument and she would say, oh, Kattan, I am so mad at you. I cannot talk to you. Go away. And he's like, okay. And then the other part was his... He had a Dalmatian, and I can't remember what the dog's name was. was let's say it's Ruby. I, I don't think that's right, but it was something like that. And he said that when you'd call the dog's name, her tail would start wagging and her butt would shake, and she would look over her shoulder. So she had like this come-hither look, So because he would do that in the skit. So we put that together with his Russian girlfriend, and one time, I think he was in Orlando, he said, and he was at a strip club and the female announcer at the strip club was like, all right, everybody put your hands together for mango. And it was a real stripper's name. And he was like, Oh, that's perfect. So that's how the character was created as based on a real stripper, his Russian girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend and his Dalmatian dog. So I don't, that just shows you the mind of somebody on SNL like Chris Kattan, uh, but pretty great. So, there's a lot of good, you know, like what I said, 16 of these on there. There's a Ben Affleck one where he's, he pretends to be Matt Damon to get into the dressing room. 
<laughs> because Mango only likes blondes, allegedly. So Ben Affleck wears a blonde wig and pretends he's Matt Damon. I think Alec Baldwin's in there on one. There's, there's quite a few. They're on YouTube. If you've never seen them, go check them out. But, yeah, that's when I thought of Mango, that, that's where I went. That J-Lo one. The J-Lo one. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hilarious. The J-Lo one was good. I, I always loved Chris Kattan just as an actor on SNL. Like, so the mango stuff was funny. Mr. Peepers. Mr. Peepers was amazing. Holy cow, Mr. Peepers. I used to pretend to be Mr. Peepers. <laughs> oh, when he would eat the apple? Yeah. And then, Hang on people? Oh, man. Yep. Hilarious. That, yeah, we're missing characters like that on SNL right now. That, that, that was just, that was funny. Just absurd. Yeah. Just yeah. dumb humor. That, that was great. That that's that sort of stuff is where my funny bone lies. So when I saw mango on the beer after I had already done the white chocolate research, I thought we're going this way. <laughs> oh. So with distribution everywhere all across the world, but I'm guessing the number on Untapped is low. You would be correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, untapped, 1,908 check-ins. This is super low. I was, I was really surprised. Like, I looked twice just to make sure, like, I actually went back to the beer fridge, grabbed the beer, made sure I had the right one because it was so low. But I, with, no. with distribution the way it is, I guess I'm not, I'm kind of not surprised. But I also don't, I don't think untapped is like a worldwide app. It's not like Facebook, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's probably really centered in the United States. So, yeah. so 1,908 check-ins. What do you think? Okay. I'm going to say 3.74. I will also say that as this warms up a little bit, the chocolate for me comes out more. Way more. Yeah. Like before it was, it was there in the aftertaste kind of, and now it's like up front. And that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost, it's almost better a little bit warmer. Yeah, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Dolan, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three eight um, two. Three eight two. You you will be surprised. Four point zero four. Whoa! Wow, that's that, a historically good beer. If it's over four, pretty high. What do you think, Rich? What would you say? You know, it's a four for me all day long. In fact, I I have had this beer. So I brought. I had a four pack. He, Rambo sold me a four pack. Obviously, there's three of them here. So where'd the other one go? Well, well that's already. That's research, right? Yeah. yeah. So and I believe let's 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 go the actual Untapped and see because it was hard to find it first. I couldn't, I couldn't find it at first. And I, you know what? I hadn't checked it in yet. So there you go. I would have checked it out of four. All right. That's probably what I'm going to go is just a, a straight yeah. four. Yeah. It's one of those sneaky beers, right? Like it tastes so good. I would, I would drink another one, mm-hmm. but then you've had two 10% beers and that's, that's a kind of a day ruiner sometimes. Ooh, yeah. But there's a, there's almost a, like, this is okay to drink at a pool kind of beer flavor to it. It's got that, that citrus, that vanilla, it's light. It doesn't feel heavy. Yep. If you're drinking a 10% stout, that feels way different than a 10% triple IPA with fruit, I would say. Yep. Well, luckily you have a pool, right? So you, you can do that. 
Ah, well, I mean, we got I got at least a month or two before it. Opens. Oh, at least, yeah. Oh, yeah. Last last I looked, the cover is still on it, but <laughs> for a little bit of time, we'll have some. We'll we'll have some fun when it does open up. Yeah. There you go. So. Spring, spring will come faster, hopefully. <laughs> I, I hope so. All right, I got one beer to tease when we're all back in and you don't have to watch us on the Zoom anymore and you can just listen to us. Uh, one last beer from our friends down in Texas, travelers down in Texas. They they heard the podcast that we t- uh, not too long ago. This would have been back January-ish time. No, nah, it would have probably been December time. Fr- I'm sorry. Yeah, December time frame. Uh, they heard us talking about uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. Oh, God. They didn't find the Rocky Mountain oysters, but Good. they found a stout made with oysters. Like oh, God. Actual oysters. I've never had an oyster in my life. Ah. I love, I get the canned oysters, <sighs> put them on my rice, and you put some sriracha and soy sauce. It's like mm. the best snack. What if I'm drinking it and it just slurps out of the can? There's a whole oyster in my mouth. Ah, no. I'll say I do not. I'm not a fan of raw oyster because raw oyster is similar to a loogie. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually been in New Orleans, ate our weight in oysters at an oyster bar down in New Orleans. Oh, my God. And they, it was delicious. Hot sauce, oysters. It was, it was fantastic. So we've got a stout coming made with actual oysters. Huh. I don't even know what to think. I don't even know what to think. I'm excited because I will say this. I think oysters, smoked oysters. I've, oh, I, yeah. Rockefeller. Is that what they call them? I, I'm not a fan of, of raw oyster, but I think oysters and soy sauce go together like, like peanut butter jelly, right? Mm-hmm. Like peas and carrots, right? Like, that's what I think about oysters and soy sauce. And sometimes when I taste a really heavy stout, it gives me it gives me a soy sauce um, flavor in the background, mm. especially the Kung Pao we did a few years ago. Oh, yeah, back, big time. You know? Mm. So um, I'm excited to see how that – I bet it works really nicely. For the last 24 years, I guess almost now, on Christmas Eve, my mother-in-law makes oyster stew. Oh, and I've never eaten it. I so love. Oh, for twenty-four. <laughs> my so my brother-in-law's family has a tradition around Christmas where they make oyster stew, and then everybody brings like a can of oysters with them, and then when they get there, they dump the can into the stew. Right? I mean, that's like a thing, and so then you eat and you stir it up, and then you eat uh, it. It's yeah. That's, now that's, we have to drink this. Oh my goodness. That's how it goes at my, my in-laws house. My, my mother-in-law makes an oyster stew and it's just me. And then my brother-in-law that brings a can and we just dump oysters in there. And, but it's, it's us three out of, out of all of her brothers and, and her and, and the nieces and nephews. It's just us three. We go through a pot of oyster stew every Christmas. So. <sighs> Let me let me tell you what so far. So as much as 2020 was pretty shitty, I, I think so far for us, the beers that we have drank in 2021 so far have been pretty fantastic. And yeah, wide I, ranging for sure. I, for sure. And I can't wait to get, let's drink the oyster beer and then let's see what happens afterwards. Because 
it, it seems like we've had some pretty fun stuff so far, just in the first three months of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I know that we uh, we took four episodes to drown out 2020, but I think the uh, the episodes after our drown out, I've still been drowning out 2020. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's been for me. I, it's it's not something that uh, just happens overnight, Dolan. So you're not the only one. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>